Welcome back. This is the Confident Collective Podcast, and we are your hosts. I'm Rayanne. And I'm Christina. We are curb models, content creators, and some would even say comedians. We started the Confident Collective Podcast to help you live your most confident life by sharing our stories and sitting down with experts to talk about, well, life. We chat sex, dating, business, relationships, and so much more. We hope you love this episode, so let's get into it. Hello, welcome back. How's everybody doing? Hi, Christina. Hi. How are you? I'm I'm good. That doesn't sound convincing. No, no, honestly, I'm good. The past couple weeks have just been so wild, so crazy. You know what it's like with a cross-country move? It's crazy. I'm struggling a little bit to get settled. Fair. Um, we're still at my parents' house, which is honestly only one week longer than okay. I thought we would be, so it's not terrible. Great. We had to do way more to the house than we thought. Like unexpected work. Okay. So that was just kind of a curveball. But honestly, Steve is like managing the whole house project and I don't have to really worry about it except the design choices. So that's great. So nice. But I had kind of things lined up. Like I had a preschool lined up for Nicholas, went to go see it. I hate this preschool. Really? Yes. The one, it, just comparing it to the one in Los Angeles, which I know I can't compare things. It was just such a different experience. I was okay. like, I don't feel good about this. So I'm like, I'm not putting him in a place where I'm not happy with. Like, I'd rather him be home than in a, in a school I don't feel totally comfortable with. So that kind of went out the window. Okay. I also had a nanny set up who just completely flaked and was like, sorry, I, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I was like, okay. Honestly, a blessing in disguise because I don't want someone like flaky yeah. who's going to like drop out on me after I like rely on her anyways. Right. But disappointing. Yeah, that's frustrating. <laughs> then in order to commute to the house, like the quickest way is a ferry, um, okay. which is honestly like a really gorgeous form of transportation. From the city. From the city. But I do not know why I expected the ferry to look like, like the Titanic. Like I honestly <laughs> thought it was going to be glamorous. I really, I don't know if I made this up because my friend was like, I never told you that. But I thought there was a bar in there and I pictured like, a leather bar with like plush seats. And I got onto this ferry and it looked like the ferry that we took in Brooklyn. And I was yeah, like, where's like the, the bar? <laughs> I was like, where are the tables? Like, where are the chandeliers? So like, like, why did you think that? Dude, I don't know why. I don't know why. No one has like given me You any... just thought like your specific fairy would be like Lux I and all the other be, ones I, were like yes, shit. Literally I did. I really did. I thought it was going to be okay. so Lux. So that was like a little bit of a curveball. Okay, you know. Um, and then someone was like, oh my gosh, you have to go check out this grocery store. It's like the New Jersey Air One. They clearly have never been to Air One. Oh. I was like, the vibes are just so not here. So it was just like one thing after another. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but it's okay. Okay. It, these are just growing pains, Growing you know? pains, adjustments. Yes. You know, wait, wait the, there is a grocery store that just opened in the city, um, Wegmans. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, I know Wegmans. I've never heard of it, and everyone's, like, freaking out about it. Really? I mean, Wegmans is nice. Is it, like, an Air One? You know, it's funny. My dad, like, for a period of time was writing a book, and he was like, oh, I oh. would always go to Wegmans and write my book. So, like, I guess they do have, like, an area where you can, like, sit down, like, work, chill out. It's definitely not, like, an Air One, though. Because everyone's been freaking out about it. They're like, here's my Wegmans. I'm going to Wegmans. Like, what I got at Wegmans? Blah, Wait, blah, blah, I'm blah. dying, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. This was not that. Okay. But, you know, I did complain about it on social media. 
And then all these people started sending me like their favorite grocery stores in the area. And they're like, someone was like, this is like the most amazing Italian market. Go here for your seafood. Go. So I'm like, okay. Wait, that's actually really nice. Yeah. And actually the area that I live in is apparently like has some of the best food in the country because there's all these farms. So they have like all this really fresh produce. And then it's also the FDA checkpoint for all seafood. So it has some of the freshest seafood in the country as well too. Okay. So I need to come, when I come over to your house, I need to do my grocery shopping. Yeah. Perfect. Because I'm supposed like, to put it back on a glamorous ferry, though. Okay? I'll be lugging <laughs> it back on the, the, the ship ferry. Yeah. No, but I, I feel like, weirdly, that's one thing I have noticed the difference between New York and LA. Like, the produce and stuff here mm. is not as good. Ooh, I could see that. Like, I don't know why. I'm, like, kind of weirded out. to travel more. And, like, oh, really? Yes. Like, I don't know. I feel like the quality of food that I get at Whole Foods here mm. is different than in L- in California. That's interesting. And I'm like, is it in my head? I don't know. People, please tell me because I'm kind of like, even when I buy like chicken, I'm like, this chicken is kind of weird. Oh, really? Yes. Do you feel like that? You don't feel like that when you're dining out? No, when I'm dining out, it's different. But I feel like dining out, it's like just loaded and Salt. everything <laughs> salt and butter and sauce and yeah, goodness so yeah. but like when I'm cooking at home I feel like the quality of the food is like I need to find where are like the good places to shop in Brooklyn for food someone please mm. tell me I okay. need to know we need to figure this out well if not you're, you'll come shopping in Jersey yeah I'll come shopping in Jersey and take it back on the ferry okay like for me I have been trying to figure out like everyone's like oh my god you know you'll get signs from the universe listen to the universe mm. And they make it sound so easy. It's not easy, okay? So I was so sick after I got back from Vegas, which I love Vegas. Oh my, I haven't even I told, told you about this. Isn't Vegas so fun? Vegas, you guys. Okay, number one, the wind. Isn't it amazing? Is the hotel rooms are huge. Yeah. You can, it's just, it's just pure luxury. Mm-hmm. And I just love Vegas. And like, I mean, the men there were on, like, another level, but it was, like, a good confidence boost. Like, I couldn't walk around without being stopped. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm exhausted. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this is tiring. Like, they were all, everyone was like, oh, my God, how tall are you? How tall are you? Missy was like, what is going on? I'm like, I don't know. It's just exhausting. But anyway, <laughs> it's a great confidence boost. I love Vegas. Like, it's just so fun. We were at this club. We were at the club at the Win at XS for like two hours, and we're like, "Wow, it's like jammed in here. Like this DJ's good. Like this DJ's good." We finally realized, like after two hours, it's Diplo. Oh. I'm like, "Oh, okay, Wait, that's, that's so funny. Why. That's why." No, Vegas um, is such a good time. It was, and I kind so of fun. actually love that you were there with just one other person. Yeah. Because I feel like if you're there with just one other person who's, like, on your same speed, you can maneuver through things so much easier. Yeah. You don't have to worry about, like, tables, reservations. It's just it's it's more just efficient, easy. you know? I will say I wish that I would have discovered my love for Vegas when I lived in California. Yeah. Because it's just kind of fucking far. Yeah. It was, like, a five-and-a-half-hour flight. Wait, did you go for two nights or for, like, a night and a half? Yes, two nights. Yeah. It was like really far. Yeah. It was kind of far. But anyway, I got back from Vegas and I got so sick, okay? And I had like three days to get my shit together, my life together, get work done before I was going to go to Paris to do this travel guide for Paris. Mm-hmm. And I got so sick. Like I was literally had like 102 degree fever. I was halluc- like straight up hallucinating, like in my apartment, just on another level. And I was like, okay, this is a sign from the universe that I'm not supposed to go to Paris. Mm-hmm. So I try and cancel everything. Can't refund my flight. Can't get a refund on the hotel. So I'm like, 
okay, it's a sign I have to go to Paris. I'm like, this is, which, <laughs> which sign do I need to listen to? The fact that I'm dying or the fact that I can't cancel anything and like, okay, I got to go. Obviously you're meant to go. That's what I took it as. The universe was forcing you to be there. That's what I took it as. So I went to urgent care and this doctor was like, you're sick. And I was like, I'm so sick. He gave me a shot in the butt. What did he give you? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't even know the—I was like, I don't care what the the, the side effects are. I don't care anything. It was a ster- two steroid shots, mm. and it freaking hurt. And I was like, just give it to me. I was really sweaty for like 24 hours after that and green. I literally looked it green, and I was anxiety. Sweaty. And then I was great. And then I went to Paris. And you had a good time. Paris was good. I mean, to be fair, it was really rainy, mm. and it does just affect your trip. It yeah. really does. Like, if you're in a city and it's, like, sunny and beautiful, like, it does just have a different energy. So we really tried to make the best of it, but it did rain a lot. I was also just, like, coming off of, like, I think after you have a fever for a few days, it just kind of, like, takes it out of you. <laughs> yeah, I think. Like, most people would agree like, with I'm that. Like, I'm just kind of, like, I just kind of felt, like, groggy. You're like, I just, like, didn't feel my best. I just was, had a 103 fever. No big deal. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. I was just anxious about work stuff, so I, like, wake up in the middle of the night with, like, my heart pounding, and I'm like, mm. oh, am I sick again, or am I, like, I don't know. Is this anxiety? Yeah, is this anxiety? But anyway, we had a good time. It was so much fun. I just love Paris. The outfits look so cute. Thank you. It was good. We, we made the best of it. I just think Paris is, like, the ultimate girls weekend. Like, it's just so fun and you just sit at cafes and talk and and shop and flirt and drink and it's just so fun wait did you meet any guys on either of these trips I mean yeah but like nothing like like, anything you didn't have like a vacation romance I mean I actually in Vegas I made out with this guy who was so cute TwitchCon was going on there okay which is like we're all like the famous it's like yeah like live streamers live streamers Anyway. Was he a live streamer? Yeah. Wait, that's fun. But I don't know his name oh. or anything um, about him at all. Okay. But he was so hot. So, so we didn't that talk was to him fun. at all. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. That sounds like a perfect Vegas hookup, honestly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then in Paris, like, we just, like, flirted with everybody and it was super fun. But, like, one night we were at dinner and I'm, like, sitting at this table. This is, like, one of our favorite restaurants in Paris. And I'm, like, oh, my God, Missy. The chef is, like, staring at me. And we look over and he is, like, staring. And then his other friends start staring, like, the chef and the sous chef. Mm-hmm. And they're, like – it was, like, honestly, like, too much. He was, like, licking his lips. He was, like yeah. – <laughs> he was, like he, – and I was just, like, ah! I was, like, oh, my God. Like, I'm just trying to eat my freaking roast chicken. And anyway, we end up going into the kitchen because we're just like, oh, whatever. Like, let's just whatever. So we go into the kitchen and we're like talking to them for a while and it was fun. But that was that. I was like, this is too much. I'm like, I need to go see the Eiffel Tower sparkle and have a cocktail and go to bed. Okay. But I feel like these were good confidence boosts. Oh, great confidence boosts. Like I'm definitely back in my like date. I'm ready to date again. Oh, wait, you know what's interesting? So you know our friend Alyssa, publicity? Yeah. She went on a girl's trip this summer. Yes. And she just like literally got her mojo back. Yes. She had so much confidence. Like the way the men were hitting on her just made her feel good. Like she had a little vacation romance. Yes. She came back on the apps and now is a boyfriend. Yeah. And she was like, I literally got my mojo back. She got her mojo back. And not that you lost your mojo, but you know what I mean? Like that's just like a fun confidence boost. Yeah. No, it was so much fun. So it was great. Okay. Yay. I'm excited. But I'm still trying to figure out like the signs of like if I was supposed to go to Paris. I, I think mean, you I were. went, so it was supposed to happen. Yes. I know. Why do we do that? Do you think other people look for signs from the universe? Like, you know, for the house. Like, I was looking for all the signs. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, wait. We need to talk about your other life 
decision that you made recently about your eyes. Yeah. And how you feel about it. Okay. So I think you look amazing. This is my obsessed. So I was like talking about my eye surgery. I was talking about it. And then I like went silent because you guys. You were freaking out. I was having the most regrets. I was regretting it. I haven't even told you this. Like I was on the phone to my sister hyperventilating, crying. You know when you cry and you can't breathe? Like it was really bad. I was really, really, really regretting I remember, it. I remember like that week you had done when you were in my place. You kept like looking at yourself in every mirror. You're like, oh so my gosh. So when I you took, took a photo, remember you took a photo with no, Christian no, 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 no. and you're like, no. That's when it started. Oh, okay. So it's I Christian's took, fault. it's Christian's fault. Christian was looking so freaking scrumptious mm-hmm. and we were just playing and I took a video of us laying together on the ground and dude, my right eye was so much bigger than my left eye. And I was like, what have I done? Mm-hmm. So- I'm going to go into this without, like, boring everybody, but, like, okay. So I had ptosis on my mostly my right side, which means my right eyelid drooped lower than my left eyelid. Mm-hmm. But I also have this weird thing, which I've never talked about because I don't want to say it, and then people are going to notice it. Okay. But it's, like, okay, so it's called Marcus Gunn winking syndrome. Okay, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> no. Christina, look it up on TikTok. When you see it, you're going to be, like— I'm looking at your eyes looking for something right now. Mine isn't as severe as some people. It's mostly when I eat. So basically, it's your jaw muscle is connected to your eyelid. So when you open your jaw, your eyelid involuntarily moves. So look it up on TikTok and you can see like some videos of people who have it very severe. So like I will show you like— Sorry, I need to look it up. What's it called? Marcus Gunn winking syndrome. Gunn winking. So I knew that doing this surgery— I I have this too. No, you— Christina, you do not. I knew that doing this surgery wasn't going to fix that. You can't fix it. But I didn't think it would make it worse. But I feel like this surgery has made it worse. It's when I'm looking down and I open my mouth, my eye opens. Okay. And so it's just like self-conscious. Like I'm just self-conscious about it. And then I feel like this surgery made it worse. And then— Do you still feel like that? It's not as bad as it was a few weeks ago. So basically, if you look at a photo of my eyes, Mm -hmm. like the before and after photo, it looks so much more symmetrical. Like, my eyes look perfectly symmetrical. Yeah, they really do. Wait, that was before you had anything done? Or is that right afterwards? The top one is before I had anything done. Okay. So you see the right eye is droopy. Yes. And then the bottom one is like a few weeks ago. Yeah, they're they perfectly symmetrical. But I feel like now when I'm in motion and when I'm talking, the right eye was getting bigger than the left. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, I, I definitely feel better about it. But there are just some things that like no matter how much research I could have done, the only thing I didn't do was talk. I didn't know anyone who had had this surgery who I could like talk to. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I talked to my doctor, but like a patient. Yeah. When they tighten the muscle, I just feel like it's, like, changed my eye shape, which is, like, kind of fucking up my head, in my head a little bit. Like, it pulls in the center of the eyelid rather than, like, distributing the the lift mm. throughout the eyelid. It's pulling in the center. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's giving me, like, a weird eye shape that, honestly, I'm just not really, like, happy with. And, like, it's embarrassed. I just feel, like, embarrassed and, like, I just feel, like, not great about it, to be honest with you. It's gotten better. And then, like, my right eye, when I blink, like, if I'm talking, having a conversation, and I blink, it sometimes doesn't it doesn't close all the way hmm. because we did an external ptosis, which is more invasive. Right. So they're healing it. they, like, tightened it. 
Yes. Okay. So they're healing at different rates, number one. And I talked to my doctor. He's like, we're not going to know what it's going to look like for like when I see him in January, when okay. I have my appointment in January. So I'm just trying to be patient. But like, again, like the creasing on my eyelids, like I don't love as much. Like, I, to be honest with you, I'm I'm just still adjusting. And I was really, really regretting it and really not in a good place with it. I'm coming around. I'm just trying to be like, okay, I just need to give it time to heal. Because mm-hmm. I do think, too, the right one is still swollen a little bit. Yes, definitely. Well, I I'm mean, hoping. He, if it's not swollen and it looks like this, then I'm not going to be happy. Okay, so it's so crazy because you obviously, like, see yourself so differently than other people see you. And you know your face and your eyes. Like, you've probably been staring up your whole life. So you're noticing things that, like, literally no one else would notice. So mm-hmm. give yourself some grace and, like, patience. But didn't he tell you that, like, it would take at least, what— six weeks at minimum? Well, like the full hearing healing is three months. Okay. So like, I think you have to like relax a little bit yeah. until January and then like That's fine if I'm... you're not happy, but like, yeah. What about the lower bluff that you did? Oh my God. Amazing. Okay. I have zero regrets on that. The lower mm-hmm. bluff was an yeah, amazing choice. Like mm-hmm. I feel like it looks so good. Yeah. Like, it I, looks so good. Like it looks amazing. Like when, when I'm not wearing makeup, like I have no bags under my eyes. Mm-hmm. Like that, zero regrets. Amazing. It's just this... And this has been insecure of me for a long time. And, like, I thought it was going to really – I don't know. I'm I'm feeling, like, kind of embarrassed that it's not, like, how I exactly wanted. And I'm just, like, still adjusting. Mm-hmm. So – Well, I'm sorry you're feeling that way. That's but okay. I think, like, let's check back in in a couple of months and say yeah. how you feel. Yeah. In That's January. a huge change, like, for your eyes. Like, I think they probably do need to just settle. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like they're so open. Like, and I even told him, I was like, go on the side of. They are not. I was like, go on the side of. I was like, undercorrect. I told him to undercorrect. Mm-hmm. It's just, you see yourself for, for in a certain way for so long, and then it's like jarring. So anyway, totally. podcast listeners get the update, because honestly, I'm just really self-conscious about it, and like really like not wanting to like talk about it that much, mm-hmm. and like draw attention to it. So you guys get the 411. Well, I'm sure watching these videos back where we look like absolute shit will well, that's make why us I feel sit, really great. That's why I sit with my left side facing because oh. my left side is the side I feel great about. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I did not know that's why you felt like your left side was your good side. Yeah. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Okay, so for me right now, I'm trying to decorate my entire place. It's like a slow... It's sl- going to take a while. It's going to take a while and I'm not really rushing into anything. I just want to feel good about it. But... You know how I am, and, like, I have this need for approval when it comes to certain things and when it comes to certain decisions. And I was going to hire an interior designer for this because I was like, I really just need help. Like, I, it's a big house. Like, I need help choosing things. I don't have the time to be looking through all of these websites to go furniture shopping. I don't have the time to do that. Like, my time is better spent in other ways. And then what I realized is that, no, like, actually, like, I know what I like. I'm really excited to design this house and pick my choices. I think what yeah. I was looking for was someone to validate my opinions. That's so weird. You never do that. I know, right? <laughs> I really thought I was getting better at it. That's really weird. And then, but I've had this awakening because I had a designer and she was, was sending me certain things. I was like, no, I wouldn't choose that. Yeah. I wouldn't choose that. Like, why? This is causing actually more work because I'm going through this back and forth that I don't have to deal with. So now I'm just doing everything on my own. It might take a little bit longer, I but think I actually feel good. so much better about it. Yeah. I'm I, really excited. 
I I'm, think, like, obsessed with it. Like, everything now, everything that I'm being fed is, like, all, like, furniture and interior design stuff. Isn't and that I, funny when you, yeah. like, are moving and then it, like, switches to that? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm so excited to see it. And I feel like just, like, with my eye thing, you just have to be patient. Because yeah. we want it to be, like, we want to be in our house and settled and have everything, like, how we want it right away. Mm-hmm. And it just takes time. Yeah. And I also kind of felt, like, this pressure to, like, host Christmas and to have a house ready by Christmas. And now I'm like, no. Absolutely not. Not happening. Absolutely not. Not happening. Sorry, guys. Yeah. No, 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 no. But some of the designers that I'm like loving because I was like, okay, what is my design aesthetic? Interesting going from like an apartment to a house and also like it's on the water. There's like a coastal influence, but I'm like not like necessarily like trying to go like all coastal. I'm like, how do I feel? How do I want to design this? And I'm like, I just want it to be like a feeling. Yes. What's the feeling we're evoking? Warmth. Okay. Is the number one feeling. Great. Warmth is the number one feeling. Like coziness. I want it to like feel like chic and elevated, but I want it to feel like you can like sit anywhere and it's okay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I want it to feel like airy. I think those are just like the main things I'm going with I right love now. that. Just it's going to look so great. It's going to look so great. I'm so excited. Wait, who are the designers oh, you're so looking like, at? I'm just obsessed with um, Amber Interiors. I love Becky Owens, Kathy Kuo. I love Jenny Kane. Yeah. Like that sort of like fresh California vibe, but, okay. ba- but make it more like a little bit sophisticated East Coast is okay. like what I'm working with. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. You're taking the California elements and make with an East Coast twist. Yes. Yeah. I think it was Kelly Wurstler who said I that the like the first thing you should look at when you're thinking about your house or your space is what is outside the window. So that definitely, because it doesn't change. I mean, like if you're like a, a part, like a loft in the city, I feel like totally. it's going to be totally different than your house with the backyard with on the water. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, I can't wait to see how I it comes knew. together. Me too. I'm so excited. Yes. I love that. Okay, Christina, how has your postpartum hair journey been going on Nutrafol? I don't think you understand how obsessed I am with Nutrafol. With Nicholas, I was so insecure about my hair journey because I was thinning like crazy. I started taking Nutrafol back in April. My hair is slicked back right now, and I literally would never be able to wear my hair like this because I would just have complete bald spots. It has made me feel so much more confident and secure, and I'm still taking it because now I want to see what else I can do to my hair. Well, I think your hair looks amazing, and you have convinced me, so I am starting my Nutrafol journey. I feel like I'm always on a healthy hair journey. I'm literally a broken record. I'm always like, okay, the healthy hair journey starts now, but I do think since I did like the big chop and got rid of all of the dead ends, this is like the perfect time to reset set and kick off this healthy hair journey again. My extensions are out. I'm using less heat. So I think now it's the perfect time to start implementing Nutrafol. And you know me too. I'm like, bangs, no bangs. Should I grow it out? Should I keep it curly? Well, I mean, I kind of think I'm on a new hair journey as well, which is why I'm like so excited to implement Nutrafol again postpartum. Because I mean, who does not want thick, luscious, long hair. I think we all do. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve visible thickness and strength. Go to Nutrafol.com to take their hair health wellness quiz to figure out the cause of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair growth through their whole body health approach. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. You can take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. And for a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code TCC. 
Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. That's Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code T-C-C. Nutrafol.com, promo code T-C-C. I have a new addition to my wellness routine, and that is Dose. Dose is a delicious wellness shot that supports healthy liver enzyme function. I take one shot in the morning while I have breakfast, and a shot of Dose every day is everything you need to support a healthy liver. One shot is equivalent to 17 shots of raw turmeric. Taking care of your liver is so important because the liver is responsible for over 500 functions. It can impact everything from your brain to your skin and gut health. Dose for your liver is formulated with turmeric, milk thistle, dandelion, and ginger. If you want to give Dose a shot and invest in your health, Dose is offering Competent Collective listeners 15% off your first order, plus an additional 15% off if you subscribe for a monthly delivery. That's 30% off your first order. Go to dosedaily.co slash TCC and use the code TCC. That's dosedaily.co slash TCC and use code TCC. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I don't know about you, but I've been feeling extra stressed and anxious lately. I feel like it's this time of year. Like it can just be tough. There's there's a lot going on and there feels like there is just a ton of pressure to get things done by the end of the year. And to be honest, it just feels like a lot. And I've been feeling really overwhelmed. I am so glad that I have my weekly therapy session to talk through everything. I think it is so important to make you feel grounded and give you the tools to manage everything that you have going on that's making you feel overwhelmed and anxious. I've been seeing my new therapist for a little over a month now, and I'm just so proud of myself for making that a priority. It is so helpful to have someone to work through your feelings and just have an outside perspective from your friends and family. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time and no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash competent collective today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash confident collective. Okay, well, today we are so excited because we have Rosie back in studio with us. Hi. Welcome back. It's been a minute, my friends. I know. My gosh. It's been a minute since we've gone deeper with Rosie. <laughs> the title never gets better. Going deeper. Yeah. It literally gets worse every single time. Even every though single time. Even though it remains the same yeah. for some reason. Yeah. It gives me, like— The ick? Yeah. <laughs> why did we, wait, why did I get the ick title? No, no, no. Well, because, I love it. I love because it. you make us go deeper. I think yeah, Christina no. and I, you make us—we we got the comedic relief down, but sometimes yeah. when things we want to go a little deeper, you help us get yeah, there. Nice exactly. and deep. You have that effect on people. Yeah. Thanks, so. thanks, friends. Well, it's good to be back. We're back. Yeah. I think today's episode will be really interesting because I think we all have very different lived experiences with this. Yes. But we got a question in from a listener that honestly, 
bless you, listener, because I've seen this question pop up like multiple times. And I was like, this girl needs our help. She, <laughs> like, she needs really our needs help. our help. <laughs> like, I got it in my DMs. I saw it in the Confident Collective DMs. I saw it in like our Ask Away. I was like, we need to answer her question. So she's getting a whole episode. So she's getting a whole episode. Ask and you will, and you shall <laughs> receive. <laughs> keep asking. If we are answering your question, we appreciate the persistence, okay? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the question was how to accept your partner's eating habits and let them make their own food choices. This is a difficult circumstance. Mm -hmm. I feel like, okay, well, number one, we all, we were just talking about this. We kind of all like took this question differently. Yeah, we all interpreted it differently. my brain went to, like the first thing I thought of when I thought of this question was when my ex-boyfriend told me that he was going to go vegan. I, I literally was like, I've had it. Mm-hmm. This is the last straw. I'm fucking done. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Like the <laughs> rage that that ignited in my body mm-hmm. was really alarming. And I do know reflecting back, like maybe definitely it was definitely more something to do with me right. than him at the time, which maybe I should just check in with my therapist on this, you know, years later. But like it, it, it pissed me off to mm-hmm. think about him becoming vegan and I need to maybe unpack why that was. But when I read this question, it was it went to like your partners trying to eat really, really healthy because <laughs> that was like my lived experience. And like I definitely have like start adapted more healthier eating habits over the years. But like when I was in a relationship, this caused so many fights in our relationship mm-hmm. was around food. Mm-hmm. Like so many fights. Like I never thought I would be fighting over refined sugar. And there I was. But why like, were you fighting? Because he was giving you a hard time about what you were eating or because you wanted to eat certain things and couldn't share them with him? So it was both. It was my own, I think, probably insecurities or things that came out. Like, okay, if he was going to go vegan and live his life and do his thing and it wasn't going to affect me, like, why did it bother me? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, but it, it would did. affect you as his partner. I know. No? We couldn't freaking go anywhere. Like, it was yeah. just like— Yeah, that's a valid ugh. point. It will logistically right. affect it, you. Honestly, I think in my situation, it was the fact that he was so healthy to an extent that we couldn't enjoy food in mm-hmm. a way that, like, I grew up enjoying food. Like, when you go out to dinner and you, like, are with people bonding over pe- like over conversation and good food and that, like, that was never part of our relationship. It was always, like, he would literally say, like, I eat to survive. Mm-hmm. And That's I literally was, like— the saddest thing I've ever <laughs> fucking insane. <laughs> insane. And I think it was a lot of my own emotion that made me feel like— Like, if we went out to dinner and he ordered a salad and I ordered a burger, I'd be like, oh, God. But would he <sighs> say something? Like, like mm. how much of it was coming from him? Because I think that there are people that will be like— Let's do this. Let's eat healthy. Let's get salads. And there are the people that are like, I'm going to enjoy a salad and you're going to enjoy a burger. Like, what was his to dynamic be, around, like, commenting on it to you? To be fair, he didn't—it wasn't—he never—I mean, I think very rarely. But, like, for the most part, he just did his own thing. And him doing that just pissed me off, which mm-hmm. is my own issues. Okay, fair. So, like, he never was like, you're going to—I mean, occasionally, but, like, not there. Not mm-hmm. It wasn't, like, a common thing where he'd be like, oh, my God, you're going to eat that? Like Would he, he say anything to you about exercise? Yeah. So then I feel like the two sometimes this is synonymous that like if you know someone is thinking that you should be doing something to change your body, whether it's like exercise, then like mm. 
exercise and food go hand in hand. So he might not have been like, you need to only eat the lettuce, but you knew he was thinking something, whether he said it or not. Yeah, I think that's maybe what it was. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, that's I a think good point. that gives you anxiety too. Oh my God. If you And you can feel it. Someone doesn't mm-hmm. have to say anything and you're like, I know that you're one of two things. You're either judging me or you're kind of on a high horse a little bit in terms of like mm-hmm. feeling superior. And I feel like in a relationship, I don't know if you're competitive like I am, but like, <laughs> you know, that thing of just wanting to be like on an equal level with your partner. So therefore, if you're doing drastically different things, who's got the upper foot? You, you know what I mean? But it is like kind of like when you want to, why is it that like when you like want to go out, like even if you're with like a girlfriend or something, like let's take out a relationship and you're like, oh, should we get this? Like you want someone to indulge with you. Indulge. Yeah. What is that? Mm. Don't you think? Like I feel like it's more, f- for maybe that's me mentally, but I feel like that's kind of a more common thing. It's like, you're like, oh, should we get dessert? No, I 100% I mean? relate right. to that. But I think the root of that starts with food having virtue associated to it. Like if we mm. think about food and I think in like like gym culture, there's like cheat days or like or, or even diet culture in general. Like the whole idea that something is a good food or a bad food or a green food or a red food. Like there's so much industry around food having meaning versus it just being something like that's a fuel that – engages with your body in different ways. So if the food is good or bad, then that kind of trickles into how you feel that you can engage with it to begin with, you know? Like, let's be bad together. Let's have the sweet. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah. It's interesting hearing your experience with your ex because I kind of had a similar experience with Steve where when I first started dating him, I just graduated college. I was the most unhealthy person in the entire world. Like, literally, my my college— house just had Jack Daniels, yeah. literally, like hundreds of them. Lying. Like, I don't know why we thought that was a good design choice, like, but we really did. So chic, so <laughs> elevated. The aesthetic was alive. The, the aesthetic was alive. Like, I ate so unhealthy. So when I met Steve, he was like a beacon of health. Yeah. And I loved it. Like, mm-hmm. for me, like, he he was never vegan, but he was like, oh, I eat six times a day, protein at every single meal. I don't drink alcohol. And I was so influenced by it. And for me, I was like, this is amazing. This person's helping me change my life. I was like, carbs for every single meal. Like, I never ate protein. Like, all these other things. So it's weird that, like, we both had kind of, like, similar partners in the way they treated health and wellness. But, like, we saw it in different ways. It probably says something about me that I'm kind of fucked up that it enraged me. Well, no. (laughs) No, I don't think so. But but my question is, what's Steve's temperament? Like, would he ever say to you, like, hey, you really need to get more protein or you need to be eating six minutes? Like, did he push his regime onto you? Or was he like, this is my thing, this is what I do? It was more like, this is, like, my thing, this is what I do. But I guess I was also, like, sharing. I think at the time, I also, like, wanted to feel strong and get in shape, too. Mm -hmm. So, like, it was very motivating to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But recently, we had an argument because we were on vacation. Mm -hmm. And he commented on what I was going to eat. And I almost, like, lost my mind. And he goes, (laughs) we were, like, getting breakfast. And I was like, maybe I'm going to get a breakfast quesadilla. And he's like, are you sure you want to eat that? And I was like, are you fat shaming me? (laughs) And he's like, what? He's like, no, I'm not fat shaming you. I just know in a couple hours you're going to say, like, my stomach hurts so badly. So I'm asking you, like, are you sure you want to eat that? And I was, like, so pissed off at him. I kid you not. Two hours later, I was like, 
I was like, I can't do anything. My stomach hurt so badly. I was in so much pain. I felt so freaking sick. Yeah. And he was absolutely right. But for some reason, like, it triggered me. Yeah. And I was like, what does that say about me? And I honestly do think, like, I, looking back on it, he was, like, so offended that I said to him, like, are you fat shaming me? He's like, literally, no, you're being ridiculous. He was like, every single time you eat cheese, it bothers you. He's like, so I'm, like, making right. you aware of that. But I do think that there's, like, a certain sensitivity when our partners comment on our food choices. 100%. So maybe I'm really deranged <laughs> and fucked up. That that bothered me so much. Because, honestly, he was, like, absolutely right. It really did bother me. Like, I was, like, out all day. So, like, it raises the question because I think, like, my reaction to the question initially was, like, people do not need to be commenting on other people's food choices in the same way that we don't need to be running commentary about people's bodies. Like, mm -hmm. the two go hand in hand. But actually, that's a great example of how there are times in a relationship or friendships where, like, someone is just thinking of you in terms of, like, what's going to make you, like, happy or miserable. You know what I mean? Totally. Which I guess you could apply to someone eating, like, junk food and then, like, you know, who knows in their relationship, maybe one of them is constantly making choices around food that don't serve them and then, like, I just feel miserable. And, you know, like, it, it is also hard to have a partner that's struggling through something and you can see change or ways to solution it and then just not say anything. Mm -hmm. Like, in what other part of our lives do we just, like, let someone drive the car off the cliff? Like, we don't. We want to be a positive part of it, which is what Steve's saying. He's like, baby, I love you. Like, the cheese is no good. <laughs> like, right. But I, I think it's so delicate because I don't think saying something is wrong. I just think that we've been brought up in a culture around food and diets and bodies that's like overreached. It, it reached too far and it had too much of a say. But I guess the question is, is there any room for input and commentary right. in relationships? And when I read this person's question, the way I took it was that her partner it was making bad food choices or yeah. like, I don't want to say good, bad, but like making food choices that aren't necessarily serving them and she doesn't know how to handle it. But it's so dynamic because what if the person themselves doesn't feel like the choices are wrong? Right. So it's like, at what point do we have to trust our partners, friends, whoever, to make the choice that's best for them. But then I'm like, it raises an even bigger question of like when you're in partnership with someone, whether it's their food choices or how that affects their body, their health, the size of their body, like what commitment do we owe one another mm. in relationships around our bodies? That's such a hard question to me because I don't know if we do, mm -hmm. but I also know that we're very much taught that we do. It's interesting. I think when you're like in a partnership, right, whether it's like meals, money, these things are part of like your relationship dynamic, yeah. right? And like, let's say it is like, okay, you talk about how you're going to manage your money. You talk about how you're going to handle this conflict. You talk about like food, I feel like feels like a very sensitive thing. But like most of the time, if you're in a partnership and you're living with someone or whatever, like you're talking about like, okay, what are we making yeah, for dinner? Like, what are we cooking together? Who's buying the groceries? Yeah. Buying the groceries? Like, yeah. it is like, you, you just don't talk about it? Mm -hmm. Like, that seems like strange. I wonder if there's a scenario where a part of the conversation can be, hey, do we want to have a dynamic in our relationship where this is something that we connect over? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to invite you into this space. Like, just because you are in a relationship, yes, there are some practical elements. I need you to buy the milk that I like at the store because I'm trying to have this milk that makes my stomach feel better. Fine. Mm -hmm. But like, is there a way of having a conversation that establishes the boundaries? Like, I'm okay with talking to you about what I need from the grocery store, but I'm actually not okay with you making comments when we're at restaurants on what I'm ordering. And mm -hmm. like anything, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like in a relationship with, say, finances, for example, it's like some people choose to share bank accounts, some people keep their money separate. Like, But yeah, you have to deal with it. You have to address what works for you. But maybe they need 
to have a little bit more dialogue around what their boundaries are and what they're comfortable mutually, not just one or the other, mm-hmm. receiving input on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's a fair point. I, mean, I think having that conversation, and it doesn't need to feel so serious at yeah. the same time. It's just a natural conversation. But what But what if you don't want to have that conversation? I was going to say, because, that's, like, that's all good and well, because, because for sensitive. me, I love to like being passive about that and <laughs> yeah. just being like, I'm just going to cook amazing meals and like what I want to eat. And like, if it was in this scenario, if your partner isn't like making choices that you think serve them properly, like how could you help them without making them feel uncomfortable? But your partner's going to feel that you're quote unquote trying to help them. You think so? I I think we like to think we're pretty subtle, but I don't know if like any of us are. Like if you have a sensitivity around something, whatever it is, you're hyper aware of it. So therefore anyone's input to that thing, you're going to sense it. So do you think, and and I think especially around like food and bodies, there is a lot of paranoia of like, oh, does my partner think I'm doing this? Have I changed? How do people perceive me versus how I perceive myself? Mm -hmm. And so then when people around you lovingly or not are trying to have input on that, I think it's really magnified and there might be a delicacy to just kind of having their vulnerable conversation mm-hmm. just one time so that it doesn't have to come up every single time you're at the store or at a restaurant right. and define what you're comfortable with. Yeah, I actually think that's a good point. And sorry, now I'm starting to think about like the people in my lives and how they comment on food. Like for Steve, besides that one time in the Bahamas, I've never like ever once felt judged. But my family, even if they don't say anything because they have said things in the past, mm-hmm. I sometimes can't help but feel like I'm being watched when I'm eating. Yeah. But honestly, it probably isn't even that. It might just all be in my head. Or maybe, or maybe both. it's not. Maybe yeah. both. But, like, I can't help but feel it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think you raise a good point in terms of, like, where does this come from to begin with? Mm-hmm. The fact that, for me at least, I think your family dynamic, your family of origin definitely shapes the way that you relate to food. And, like, when we were growing up, it was the idea of, like, oh, you know, like – you've had a hard day, let's have a bowl of ice cream. And honestly, the ice cream was great. But like the virtue comes in, right? We're talking about giving food meaning versus it being just fuel. Although something about just fuel sounds really sad too because I feel like food is such an expression and such a part of like culture and enjoyment and pleasure. But yeah, me and my sisters always joke and that that meme that circulates the whole like, did you ever grow up unless your mom told you to have a piece of fruit because you're not hungry? Mm. (laughs) It was like, did you guys have that? Like if you were like really hungry, hungry after school and then you'd be like mom I'm hungry and she'd be like cooking dinner and being like if you're hungry enough have a piece of fruit and oh, it's yeah. like actually if you that sounds oh, normal never, that's never no, been I've said heard that. so it's like if you're actually hungry you'll eat that yeah and or which is know. which is I think I see that I see as a parent and someone who's like looked after kids that like you're like you just need to wait I'm cooking dinner but like from very early on we get told to kind of detach from our hunger cues and our signals and like mm. you know it'd be interesting to see for you Christina like raising kids that how does it how does it work for like do you make them stick to meal times do you make them do if they say mom I'm hungry do you just listen to that and trust it do, will, is there a good and a bad of like stop snacking you need to not snack like it's it's really complex I will tell you if Nicholas ever says he's hungry I feel like a failure <laughs> I'm like how could he be hungry like I didn't have give him a, like I feel like an absolute failure as a mom like I'm not even kidding you I feel awful when he says he's hungry because I'm like for him to have to voice that he's hungry that means like I have not fed him enough Mm-hmm. And that, like, he's, like, really starving. Like, <laughs> I, 
I get so upset about it. And I'm like, literally, I'm like, how could we let this happen? Like, did I not give him enough? Like, that, it like, really bothers me. So then it's like, is there innately an emotional component to food? Like, if we're willing to so, have definitely. the parts of food that are, like, enjoyable, whether it's, like, coming together and community and celebrating and pleasure, like, can we fully detach the virtue of food, whether it's saying good or bad or my love for you means I never want you to feel hunger because that's an expression of how I nurture you. And, yeah. like, if you even dial it back, like, you know, moms and babies, like, the first act that we do of providing is feeding, right? Like, right, so it's exactly. just it's, – it's complex, I think, when you really, really yeah. zoom it out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's just interesting that that causes an emotional reaction in you. Oh, it does. It makes me feel so guilty. Something else I also think about is the way people perceive food and what they think men should eat and what women should oh, eat. And this happens – I kid you not – Every single time, Steve and I go to a steakhouse. Every time, <laughs> You've without said this before, fail, I love this. Steve, that man loves a filet mignon. He does not like to cut around a bone. He does not like fat in his meat. He just likes a petite filet, eight <laughs> ounce. Okay, I want a fucking ribeye. Okay, at a steakhouse, I want a ribeye. It tastes so much better to me. Every single time I order the ribeye, he orders the filet mignon. It's fine. I kid you not. Every single time when the waiter comes, they always put the filet mignon down in front of my plate and the ribeye in front of his plate. Like, that is how we should be ordering. That is how they think we should be eating. Mm -hmm. And it's so crazy to me and so messed up. And now it's just like a joke. But there's definitely a perception of, like, what women should eat and what men should eat. Oh, absolutely. That's what I feel like when I, like, I feel like it's okay for men sometimes to order, like, the burger or whatever. Yeah. And you feel like it's like, oh, you, like— if I you order a salad. Yeah, exactly. It's fucked up. <laughs> and I'm like, I take it way too far and I get so mad about like the meaning behind that. And this is where I'm like, you roll your eyes because I make everything deep when it's not. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm like, men need more. We should survive on less. We should be quiet. We shouldn't need as much <laughs> from the world. This is a crisis. Like, no, but like there is so much passive messaging in these sort of like ideals that, yeah, just assume that you should need less. And, like, what Mm. if in a relationship you're the freaking, I mean, I'm not, but, like, the ultra marathon runner who really needs the fuel. Like, nobody knows at any given point, in the same way we never know if someone's, what they're going through in life. No one knows what fuel your body needs. No one knows if it's your luteal phase or your this phase or, you know, like, or if you're replenishing your body for whatever reason. So I'm just like... Again, I just don't think it's anyone's business, but I know it's not that simple. Well, I think it's like, okay, for for her asking this, oh, I wish we had more details. Yeah, we need some more context. I cannot believe we both, we all thought about it in different ways. We yeah. all thought about it in different yeah. ways. But like if you, if if we're looking at it the way that you thought about it, like let's say, and I'm, I'm, I'm adding details here for. Mm-hmm. for Embellish. This, I'm embellishing. But let's say you're having, your partner comes to you and he's like, he or she is like, okay, look, like I'm feeling really bad about my body. Like I'm just not in a good place. Like I really want to make a change. Like I want to, you know, feel better. And then they continue to have the eating habits that are making them feel that way. Has a partner, mm-hmm. what do you do? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if they confide in you and they're like, I feel like shit about myself. I want to be healthier. I want to invest in my 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 mind and my body, yada, yada. But then they're not making a change. Do you say something? Like I, I think you say something, but in an encouraging way. And I feel like if you feel like they also should be doing this, and then maybe you embark on it with them. 
I also like, like, I love the constant, and sometimes in the moment I'm like, oh my God, this is so cheesy, but it is really valuable, that constant check-in if someone wants your input. Because like, you know, Mm. when you're in a relationship and you have to sort of be like, hey, do you want me to listen or would you like my feedback? And it sounds like a really like therapized way of doing life, but Mm. I do think around sensitive topics, it's valuable. And so it's just like, if someone's doing the same thing, expecting a different result, and you're an outsider being like, okay, I've got something to give here. I can give you some feedback. Check first if they want that. Yeah, because but how do you ask that? Be like, hey, do you want feedback on like what you're ordering right now? Do you know no, what I mean? Like I in think, the moment? No, in the moment, I think it's very different. And I think, yeah, if you're out in a restaurant, especially like, it's, yeah. you know, maybe the, like that's not the It's format. like you don't talk about your sex life in bed. You don't talk about mm-hmm. your eating habits at the that's table. That's a great yeah. analogy, right? That's a brilliant analogy. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying that if this person's like home on the sofa is crying because they feel like they're not making any progress, they feel miserable, but you know that they've done X, Y, and Z, and there might be things that they could change, then as they're complaining or being vulnerable to you about it or whatever, I think you can just be like, hey, do you want my input here? Yeah. Because I yeah. think it, t- it makes I the person in the position take some ownership over if they actually want help, if they actually want support. And mm-hmm. then if you say something that's hard for them to hear, there's accountability that you're not the bad guy delivering the bad news. You're the person that they've invited in to begin with mm-hmm. to engage in that conversation and to offer support, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, I think as the partner, you have to then respect when they turn around and they're like, no, I don't really want to talk about it right now. Yeah. And then it's yeah. like, great, thank you for that information. You're not ready. When you are, you know that I'm here Yeah. in full support of you, whatever that looks like. I think that's great advice. Okay, and now the opposite. What about if your partner is making— <laughs> Food choices that you don't feel comfortable with because they put some sort of pressure on you. Get a new partner. Just throw them yeah. out. <laughs> throw them no. out, dude. Because I think, like, looking back, like, I can definitely see, like, where was a lot of my own insecurities that were coming from. Like, mm. like if he wanted to do that, but I guess, like, it did affect me because it affects, like, where you go out to eat and, like, what mm. you can do. And, like, it does affect— Hinge profile. Do you like cheese? A. <laughs> Honestly, a quiz. If anyone How says, many calories do you think you share? Like, there right? was this one time when I was when in LA, I was dating and I matched with this guy and he was a vegan yoga instructor. And I just messaged him out. and I said, Listen, I got to be honest with you. <laughs> I hate yoga and I don't, I am not down with vegans. So I'm like, I love meat. No, ribs are a part of your identity. Literally, like, I love a cheeseburger. Like, I love a cheeseburger and I hate yoga. Like, I just, and it was actually really funny because I was like, This is just too much. Like, it's such a big lifestyle thing I'm like this ain't gonna work but that's actually a good point because I think there are people that might have like what we could see as quote unquote ex- the extremes right like if you're a fruitarian or like something right. or like a vegan or like you right. know you exclusively do yoga 14 hours a day then fine but like how much someone's identity is the way that they navigate life or not like there are vegetarians out there who don't even make a comment of it they're like I, yeah. I just ordered the eggplant whereas there are vegetarians who's like everybody on the group chat <laughs> what options are there for me? And like, I'm not trying to mock that. That's no, a, that's, that's so true. That's I'm valid, sorry, that person's like, fucking so, annoying. That's okay. what I'm saying. It's not all about you. And like the person who's like that's so annoying. Yeah, or like the person who like <laughs> slips out of bed early in the morning and does their yoga class and then comes home and is like, "Hey, baby, like let's start our day. What are you doing?" Or the person who's like lumbering up, stretching by the bed, like really putting their socks on slowly before they go for the run. Wow, like, so <laughs> true. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, how much does the yeah. person identify with the lifestyle being part of who they are? Mm-hmm or versus just part of what they do. And I think how they hold choices around food, their body, their exercise can affect – like that yogi guy, he might have been fine for you if he didn't – 
that. No. You know, like no. make it. <laughs> okay, but you know what this is making cool me think personality. Of? So what? Brian, our our personal trainer yeah, in LA, we love him. We love Brian. He never made me feel like if I went out to dinner with him, like I yeah. would never feel weird about ordering whatever I wanted. I feel like in in some ways he was like just doing his no, thing. Do you remember when I asked if I should carbo load for the half marathon? <laughs> what do you think? Was he like no? <laughs> so he comes down to run the half marathon with me, which is so yeah. sweet, like the nicest thing ever. I've been and- as a spectator, so I feel even worse. By the way, we trained together at the gym, and I've come to watch. <laughs> and I go up to this Italian Italian restaurant before the night before the marathon. And I'm like, Brian, should I be like carbo loading before the race? He's like, No, 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 you don't need to. Like, just order what you normally get. I'm like. I'll have the pasta. <laughs> He's like, I think you have reserves. <laughs> He's like, I don't think you need to carve alone. <laughs> but anyway, he sees food from a very like science, I would say from like a scientific standpoint and honestly kind of like an extreme a little bit because that's like his job. But I think it's really like. I feel like that's su- like Steve too. Yeah, the subconscious mm-hmm. of it. Like when we go out to dinner, I never feel weird ordering whatever I want because I think he has set the groundwork of like valuing. Like I know he like doesn't see my value to like what I'm putting in my body, which I think now I'm having a light bulb moment mm-hmm. of like I didn't have that like trust and that foundation with mm-hmm. my ex-boyfriend. Um so, yeah, that's interesting. You want to know what I'm having a light bulb moment of right now? Is <laughs> what? Steve. I kind of feel like Steve influences me positively and I influence him negatively. <laughs> and, like, for, for instance, Steve never drank. He, and he still doesn't really drink. But, like, now if we go out, like, maybe he'll have a beer here and there. Mm-hmm. And every single time he orders something, I'm like, oh, he would never have done that before. <laughs> and I can't help but feel in the back of my mind, and I've never expressed this to him, Am I a negative influence? (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I always wanted to, like, drink and have fun and, like, whatever. But I don't know why. (laughs) You're sitting there, like, gripping your stomach. like, Steve, eat the cheese. (laughs) I'm like, like, Steve, you shouldn't have the beer. (laughs) I don't know why. But, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. I can help but think of that. I mean, I don't think him having a beer is, like— No, it's fine. But it's just interesting, you know? Yeah, it is. For me, when I think about, like— my goal for the way that I want to interact with food myself and therefore around other people, my ultimate goal, and I don't always achieve this, is I want to eat intuitively. I want to eat in a way that isn't like codependent to anyone around me. Like I want to sit and if you guys are having burgers, have a salad and be like, this doesn't make me better than you. In the same way that if you guys were eating salads and I was sitting here eating a burger with triple cheese, be like, this doesn't make me any worse than you. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard, I think, to create that kind of like individuality around food and to not be codependent and to not give like this collective approach to like how we gather, how we eat. Yeah. Is that good? Is that bad? Mm-hmm. But if, if, and that's kind of an ideal for me. I don't think I'm there yet. Like I think there's definitely moments where I feel like, oh God, like I really want to have the thing, the chocolate, whatever, but no one else is. Am I going to stand out? And, mm-hmm. you know, but I think more and more as I'm like, playing around with this, I'm trying to just do what I want to do yeah. and sit with it. Because the only it's way for me of like, choice. yeah, the only way of correcting that in a thought process is to practice, is to be the person who does what they want to do and sits there and like absolutely houses something that they want and not even let the thoughts into your mind that like somehow I'm being observed or somehow this makes a difference in how people perceive me mm-hmm. or, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that also applies to like, 
when you get hungry. Like people sometimes are on completely different food schedules. And so you're like having a snack big morning and they're like, oh God, you're always snacking. Why are you not going to wait for lunch? It's like, but you could be someone that doesn't like breakfast or or vice versa. So it's just like, I think important to acknowledge that nobody is going to have the same approach that you're going to have. So then that should apply to what it is that you're eating just as much, no? I really want to. F- I really do want additional feedback from this uh, question. Whoever the whoever yeah, the person was, I, I do think we need a little bit more context. You need to follow up with us and tell us, yeah, which way we interpreted it is how you're feeling about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, because um, yeah, we all really took it based on our past experiences. Right. Yeah. I was like, oh god, someone's <laughs> trying to go vegan again. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm trying to think, like, what the worst one would be to encounter, like the worst lifestyle that I could come up against for someone else. What do you mean? Like, like, what would I hate the most? Would it be, be? Would it be vegan? Would it be like? It would have been dating my ex boyfriend. It would be vegan for sure. See, I because think I would feel then, more attacked by someone else's like exercise choices. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? If someone was like, "Come on, go on the hike, go on the hike," I'd be like, "Like me trying to force you to work out." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Christina's like, "You at the gym? Show me you there." I'm like, Christina, I don't know how, how many times I can tell you this. I canceled my membership a month ago. <laughs> she <laughs> would literally be like, I'm like "Do you want to be the gym today?" Like, I already told you, bitch. I was spending money for no like, good reason. I was like, I have a guest pass. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Well, I hope this helped, though. Yeah. Yeah. I hope this helped. Yeah, we might need some follow-up on this. So if if it did help or not, let us know. Let us know. Um, Rosie, thanks so much for joining us today. Yes, thanks for having me, you guys. Stay safe, eat cheese. (laughs) Eat the cheese. Don't go vegan. Just kidding. Honestly, if you are vegan, I'm not trying to, like, shame you. No, we're not. You do you, but, like, I probably would never date you. (laughs) Um, Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at Confident Collective. And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories and don't forget to tag us.